I'm reading from Heaven on Earth by Thomas Brooks, that wonderful Puritan book on the subject of Christian assurance. Uh, we're in a section or a chapter that deals with things that accompany salvation, and this section is called Repentance. The third thing that I am to show you is what repentance that is that accompanies salvation. That repentance doth accompany salvation I have formerly showed. Now I shall manifest in the following particulars what repentance that is that accompanies salvation, that comprehends salvation, that borders upon salvation. The properties of repentance. 1. <clears throat> it effects a change in every part of a man. That repentance that accompanies salvation is a general, a universal change of the whole man, a change in every part, though it be but in part. That repentance that accompanies salvation changes both heart and life, word and work. It makes an Ethiopian, an Israelite, a leper, an angel. Wash you, make you clean. There is the change of your hearts. Put away the evil of your doings from before mine eyes. Cease to do evil, learn to do well. Isaiah 1 verses 16 to 18. There is the change of their practices. So the prophet Ezekiel, cast away all your transgressions, saith he, whereby you have transgressed. There is the change of life. And make you a new heart and a new spirit, Ezekiel 18.30-32. to There is the change of heart. That repentance that accompanies salvation works a change in the whole man, in all the qualities of the inward man and in all the actions of the outward man. The understanding is turned from darkness to light the will from a sinful servility to a holy liberty, the affections from disorder into order, the heart from hardness into softness. So in the outward man, the wanton eye is turned into an eye of chastity, the uncircumcised ear is turned into an obedient ear, the hands of bribery are turned into hands of liberality, and the wandering feet of vanity are turned into ways of purity. And verily, that repentance that changes a man in some part, but not in every part, it only makes a man a Herod or an Agrippa, a half-Christian, an almost-Christian. That repentance will never bring down heaven into a man's bosom here, and never bring a man up to heaven hereafter. That repentance that accompanies salvation makes a man all-glorious within, and his raiment be of embroidered gold, Psalm 45 verse 13. It stamps in the, the image of God both upon the inward and the outward man. It makes the heart like the ark, all gold within, and it makes the life like the sun, all glorious without. 2. It is a turning from all sin. Secondly, that repentance that accompanies salvation is a total turning as well as a universal turning, a turning from all sin, without any reservation or exception. I hate and abhor every false way, but by law do I love. Psalm 119 verse 163. So in Ezekiel 18.30, Therefore I will judge you, O house of Israel, every one according to his ways, saith the Lord. Repent, and turn yourselves from all your transgressions, so iniquity shall not be your ruin. <coughs> so in Ezekiel 33, verse 11, As Noah's flood drowned his nearest and dearest friends, so the flood of penitent tears drowns men's nearest and dearest lusts. By the, be they Isaacs or Benjamins, be they right eyes or right hands, repentance that accompanies salvation puts all to the sword. It spares neither father nor mother, neither Agag nor Achan, casts off all the rags of old Adam. It leaves not a horn nor a hoof behind, 
It throws down every stone of the old building. It scrapes off all Leviathan scales. It washeth away all leprous spots. Ezekiel 14.6 Therefore say unto the house of Israel, Thus saith the Lord God, Repent and turn yourselves from your idols, and turn away your faces from all your abominations. Sin is a turning the back upon God and the face towards hell, but repentance is turning the back upon sin and a setting the face towards God. He that looks upon Jerusalem and upon Babylon with a leering eye at the same time, he that looks upon God and at the same time looks upon any sin with a leering eye, hath not yet reached unto his repentance that accompanies salvation. His repentance and profession cannot secure him from double damnation. He that serves God, that's the one who, who, whose repentance isn't genuine or deep or, or wrought of the Holy Spirit, um, an earthly repentance, a repentance born of the flesh, cannot secure his salvation. It's true repentance, an ounce of true repentance which comes from the Holy Spirit and comes from God. On the other hand, um, accompanies salvation. Um, I say an ounce, but uh, the amount um, that God gives us and grants us to repent of our sins, to turn away from our sins and to turn towards God. He that serves God in some things and his lusts in other things says to God, as David said to Mephibosheth concerning his lands, Thou and Ziba divide the lands, 1 Samuel 19 verse 29. So thou and Satan divide my soul, my heart between you. Uh, Doth not such a soul deserve a double hell? Christ takes every sin at a penitent man's hands, as Caesar did his wounds from him, of whom he merited better usage, with, and thou my son. What thou, what thou wound me, what thou stab me, what thou wound me, what thou stab me, thou shouldst venture thy own blood to save mine. There are no wounds that are so grievous and terrible to Christ as those that he receives in the house of his friends. And this sets the penitent man's heart and hand against everything that makes against Christ. A true penitent looks upon every sin as poison, as the vomit of a dog, as the mire of the street. And his looking thus upon every sin turns his heart against every sin and makes him not only to refrain from sin but to forsake it and to loathe it more than hell. 3. It is a turning to God. Thirdly, that repentance that accompanies salvation is not only a turning from all sin but it is also a turning unto God. It is not only a ceasing from doing evil but it is also a learning to do well. It is not only a turning from darkness, but it is also a turning to light, as the Apostle speaks, Acts 26, verse 18. To open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light, <clears throat> and from the power of Satan unto God. So in Isaiah 55, verse 7, Let the wicked forsake his ways, and the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return unto the Lord, and so on. It is not enough for the man of iniquity forsake his evil, to forsake his evil way, but he must also return unto the Lord. He must subject his heart to the power of divine grace and his life to the will and word of God. As negative goodness can never satisfy a gracious soul, so negative goodness can never save a sinful soul. It is not enough that thou art thus and thus bad, but thou must be thus and thus good, or thou art undone for ever. Ezekiel 18.21 But if the wicked will turn from all his sins, that he hath committed, and keep all my statutes, and do that which is lawful and right, he shall surely live, he shall not die. Negative righteousness and holiness is no righteousness, no holiness in the account of God. 
It was not the Pharisee's negative righteousness nor his comparative goodness that could prevent his being rejected of God, his being shut out of heaven, his burning in hell. Luke 18, 5, Matthew 20, verses 13 and 14. It is not enough that the tree bears no ill fruit, but it must bring forth good fruit, else it must be cut down and cast into the fire. That tree that is not for fruit is for the fire. Every tree that brings forth not for good fruit, says Christ, is hewn down and cast into the fire, Matthew 7, verse 19. Men that content themselves with negative righteousness shall find at last heaven gates bolted upon them with double bolt. All that negative righteousness and holiness can do is to help a man to, to one of the best chambers and easiest beds in hell. That repentance that accompanies salvation brings the heart and life not only off from sin, but on to God. It makes a man not only cease from walking in the ways of death, but it makes him walk in the ways of life. They do no iniquity, they walk in his ways. Psalm 119, verse 3. 4. Repentance strikes particularly at the sins to which a man was formerly most prone. Fourthly, that repentance that accompanies salvation strikes most effectually and particularly against that sin or sins that the sinner was most apt and prone to before his conversion. The hand of repentance is most against that sin. It is most upon that sin that the soul hath looked most with a leering eye upon. The chief and principal sins that Israel was guilty of were idolatry and sinful compliance. Now when God works kindly upon them, there's a lot of sinful compliance with uh, false doctrine and idolatry in the churches today. Now when God works kindly upon them, they put the hand of repentance upon those particular sins, as you may see. Isaiah 27 verse 9 By this therefore shall the iniquity of Jacob be purged, and this is all the fruit to take away his sin. When he maketh all the stones of the altar as chalk stones that are beaten in sunder, the groves and images shall not stand up. Here you see, when God appears and acts graciously for and towards his people, they put the hand of repentance upon their groves and images. These must come down. These must no longer stand. The groves and the images shall not stand up. They shall be utterly abandoned and destroyed, demolished and abolished. So in Isaiah thirty twenty two, Ye shall defile also the covering of thy graven images of silver and the ornament of thy molten images of gold. Thou shalt say unto it, Get thee heads. Here you see the hand of repentance is against their idols of silver and gold, and not only against their idols, but also against whatsoever had any relation to them. Now they show nothing but a detestation of their idols and a holy indignation against them. Get you hence, the hand of repentance makes a divorce between them and their idols, between their souls and their especial sins. Now they are as much in hating, abhorring, abominating and condemning their idols and images as they were formerly in adoring, worshipping and honouring of them. So Mary Magdalene, Luke 7, walks quite cross and contrary to her former self. That means against, not in anger, but against and contrary to her former self. So it's the way I read it. Um, her sinful self, she crosses the flesh in those very things wherein formerly she did gratify the flesh. So the penitent jailer, Acts 16, washes those very wounds that his own hands had made. He acts in ways of mercy quite contrary to his former cruelty. At first there was none so fierce, so furious, so cruel, so inhuman in his carriage to the apostles. At last none so gentle, so soft, so sweet, so courteous, so affectionate to them. 
The same you may see in Zacchaeus, Luke 19.8, in Paul, Acts 9, and in Manasseh, in 2 Chronicles 33, verse 6. 5. It is comprehensive in its scope. Fifthly, repentance that accompanies salvation is very large and comprehensive. It comprehends and takes in these following particulars besides those already named. It takes in a sight and sense of sin. Men must first see their sins. They must be sensible of their sins before they can repent of their sins. Ephraim had first a sight of his sin and then he repents and turns from his sin. After I was instructed, I smote upon my thigh, Jeremiah 31, verses 18 and 19. A man first sees himself out of the way before he returns into the way. Till he sees that he is out of the way, he walks still on, but when he perceives that he is out of the way, then he begins to make inquiry after the right way. So when the sinner comes to see his way to be a way of death, then he cries out, O oh, lead me in the way of life, lead me in the way everlasting. Psalm 139 verse 24. The repentance that accompanies salvation doth include not only a sight and sense of sin, but also confession and acknowledgement of sin. Psalm 51, Psalm 32 verses 3 to 5. While I kept close my sin, my bones consumed. But I said, I will confess my sin, and thou forgavest the iniquity of my sin. See also Job 33, verses 21 to 27. The promise of remission is made to confession, 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. So Proverbs 28:13, He that hideth his sin shall not prosper, but he that confesseth and forsaketh it shall find mercy. If we confess our sins sincerely, seriously, humbly, cordially, pardon attends us. Man confesses, God pardons. Confession of sin must be joined with the slaying of sin or all is lost. God is lost, Christ is lost, heaven is lost, and the soul lost forever. The true penitent can say with Vivaldus, I hide not my sins, but I show them. I wipe them not away, but I sprinkle them. I do not excuse them, but I accuse them. My sins hurt me not if I like them not. The beginning of my salvation is the knowledge of my transgression. That repentance that accompanies salvation doth include not only confession of sin, but also contrition for sin. Psalm 51 verse 4, Samuel 7 verse 2, Zechariah 12 verses 10 and 11. Ezra 10 verses 1 and 2, and 2 Corinthians 7 verse 11. It breaks the heart and sighs with sighs and sobs and groans, for that a loving Father is offended, a blessed Saviour crucified, and the sweet Comforter grieved. Penitent Mary Magdalene weeps much as well as much as loves much. Tears instead of gems were the ornaments of penitent David's bed, and surely that sweet singer never sang more melodiously than when his heart was broken most penitentially. How shall God wipe away my tears in heaven if I shed none on earth? And how shall I reap in joy if I sow not in tears? I was born with tears and shall die with tears. Why should I then live without them in this valley of tears, saith the true penitent? The sweetest joys are from the sourest tears. Penitent tears are the breeders of spiritual joy. When Hannah had wept, she went away and was no more sad. 1 Samuel verses 1, 18, chapter 1 verse 18. The bee gathers the best honey of the bitterest herbs. 
Christ made the best wine of water, the strongest, the purest, the truest, the most permanent and the most excellent joy is made of the waters of repentance. If God be God, they that sow in tears shall reap in joy, Psalm 126, verse 5. But that no mourner may drown himself in his own tears, let me give this caution, that is, that there is nothing beyond remedy but the tears of the damned. A man who may persist in the way to paradise should not place himself in the condition of a little hell, and he that may or can hope for paradise ought not to be dejected nor overwhelmed for anything. That repentance that accompanies salvation doth include not only contrition for sin, but also a holy shame and blushing for sin. Ezra 9 verse 6. Jeremiah 3, 24 and 25, 31 and 31. And, uh, sorry, Jeremiah 31 verse 19. Ezekiel 16 verses 61 and 63. And thou shalt be confounded and never open thy mouth any more because of thy shame, when I am pacified towards thee for all that thou hast done, saith the Lord God. When the penitent soul sees his sins pardoned, the anger of God pacified and divine justice satisfied, then he sits down ashamed. So Romans 6 verse 21. What fruit had ye then in those things whereof ye are now ashamed? Sin and shame are inseparable companions. A man cannot have seeming sweet of sin without a real shame that accompanies it. These two God hath joined together and all the world cannot put them asunder. It was an impenitent Caligula that said of himself that he loved nothing better in himself than that he could not be ashamed. That should grieve most, which is shameful in itself and done against conscience. And doubtless those things are only shameful that are sinful. A soul that hath sinned away all shame is a soul ripe for hell and given up to Satan. A greater plague cannot befall a man in this life than to sin and not to blush. That repentance that accompanies salvation comprehends loathing and abhorring of sin and of ourselves for sin, as well as shame and blushing for sin. Job 42, verse 6, Ezekiel 16, 61, 62, and 63, Amos 5, 15, Ezekiel 20, 41, 42, and 43. And ye shall remember your ways and all your doings wherein ye have been defiled, and ye shall loathe yourselves in your own sight for all the evils that you have committed. The sincere penitent loathes his sins, and he loathes himself also because of his sins. He cries out, O oh, these wanton eyes, O oh, these wicked hands, O oh, this deceitful tongue, O oh, this crooked will, O oh, this corrupt heart, O oh, how do I loathe my sins, how do I loathe myself, how do I loathe sin itself, sin self, sinful self, and how do I loathe my natural self because of sinful self. My sins are a burden to me, and they make me a burden to myself. My sins are an abhorrence to me, and they make me abhor myself in dust and ashes. A true penitent hath not only low thoughts of himself, but loathsome thoughts of himself. None can think or speak so vilely of him as he doth, and will speak of himself. Ezekiel 6, 9. And they that escape of you shall remember me among the nations, whither they shall be carried captives, because I am broken with their whorish heart. As the heart of a husband is at the adulterous behaviour of his wife, which hath departed from me, and with her eyes which go a-whoring after their idols. And they shall loathe themselves for the evils which they have committed in all their abominations. 
If thy repentance do not work thee out with thy sins, and thy sins work thee out of love with thyself, thy repentance is not that repentance <clears throat> that accompanies salvation. And thus you see the particular thing that the repentance that accompanies salvation comprehends and includes. <clears throat> Sixthly, repentance has its appropriate attendance. That repentance that accompanies salvation had these choice companions attending it. 1. Faith, Zechariah 12, verses 10 and 11. They shall look upon him whom they have pierced and mourn. And mourning and believing go together. So in Matthew 4, 17 and Mark 1, 14 and 15. Now after that John was put in prison, Jesus came into Galilee, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. 2. Love to Christ doth always accompany that repentance that accompanies salvation, as you may see in Mary Magdalene, Luke 7. 3. A filial fear of offending God and a holy care to honour God doth always accompany that repentance that accompanies salvation. 2 Corinthians 7.10 For godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation, not to be repented of. For behold, this selfsame thing that ye sorrowed after a godly sort, what carelessness it wrought in you, yea, what clearing of yourselves, yea, what indignation, yea, what fear, yea, what vehement desire, yea, what zeal, yea, what revenge. In all things ye have approved yourselves to be clear in this matter. Verily repentance to the life to life hath all these lively companions attending it, they are born together and will live together till the penitent soul changes earth for heaven and grace for glory. <clears throat> 7. Repentance is a continued act. 7. And lastly, that repentance that accompanies salvation is a continued act, a repentance never to be <coughs> repented of. 2 Corinthians 7.10 Repentance is a continual spring where the waters of godly sorrow are always flowing. A sound penitent is always a turning nearer and nearer to God. He is always a turning further and further from sin. This makes the penitent soul to sigh and mourn that he can get no nearer to God, that he can get no further from sin. Romans 7. The work of repentance is not the work of an hour, a day, a year, but the work of a lifetime. A sincere penitent makes as much conscience of repenting daily as he doth of believing daily and he can as easily content himself with one act of faith or love or joy as he can content himself with one act of repentance. My sins are ever before me, says David, Psalm 51, verse 3. Next to my being kept from sin, I count it the greatest mercy in the world to be still a mourning over sin, says the penitent soul. The penitent soul never ceases repenting till he ceases living. He goes to heaven with the joyful tears of repentance in his eyes. He knows that his whole life is but a day of sowing tears, that he may at last reap everlasting joys. That repentance that accompanies salvation is a final forsaking of sin. It is a bidding sin an everlasting adieu. It is a taking an eternal farewell of sin, and never turning to folly more. What have I to, to do any more with idols, says Ephraim in Hosea 14 verse 8. I have tasted of the bitterness that is in sin. I have tasted of the sweetness of divine mercy and pardoning of sin. Therefore, away sin, I will never have to do with you more. You have robbed Christ of his service and me of my comfort and crown. Away, away sin, you shall never be courted nor countenanced by me more. 
That man that only puts off his sins in the day of adversity, as he doth his garments at night, when he goes to bed, with an intent to put them on again in the morning of prosperity, never yet fully truly repented. He is a dog that returneth to the vomit again. He is like the swine that returning to their wallowing in the mire. So it was with Judas, so it was with Demas. It is an extraordinary vanity in some men to lay aside their sins before solemn duties, but with a purpose to return to them again, as the serpent layeth aside his poison when he goeth to drink, and when he hath drunk he returns to it again as they fable it. It is sad when men say to their lusts, as Abraham said to his servants, Abide you here, and I will go and worship and return again to you. Genesis 22.5 Verily, such souls are far off from that repentance that accompanies salvation, for that makes a final and everlasting separation between sin and the soul. It makes such a divorce between sin and the soul and puts them so far asunder that all the world can never bring them to meet as two lovers together. The penitent soul soul looks upon sin and deals with sin, not as a friend but as an enemy, it deals with sin as Amnon dealt with Tamar, 2 Samuel 13:15, And Amnon hated her exceedingly, so that the hatred wherewith he hated her was greater than the love wherewith he had loved her. And Amnon said unto her, Rise, be gone. Just thus doth the penitent soul carry itself towards sin. And thus you see what repentance that is that accompanies salvation. <clears throat>